Welcome to the teaching ministry at Calvary Port St. Lucie. Please join Pastor Matt Messiano for the message, Approved. Hey, this morning I titled the message, Approved. If you could grab your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy, uh, the second chapter. I'm Matt Messiano. I'm the pastor of care and missions here. And honestly, I'm humbled that God allows me to do this. I absolutely love it. Um, got a lot of information, so we're gonna hit the ground running. If you don't have a Bible, grab um, the Bible that's in the seat uh, in front of you. It's right underneath that chair. Uh, welcome, first-time guests. We're so glad you're here. And so many of you who know me know that I was in the military. And so I enlisted in March of 2002. And uh, what basically happened in, in a short period of time, um, I raised my right hand and I swore to uphold the Constitution of the United States, to obey the President of the United States of America and the officers that were appointed over me. And uh, as soon as I swore in and, and I lowered my hand, at that moment, I became a soldier. Now, the funny thing is, I, I hadn't begun my training yet. But, but if you think about it, at, at the moment of enlistment, you raise your right hand, you're sworn in, you become a soldier, and uh, then the fun begins, where I learned how to shoot, move, I learned how to communicate, uh, I learned how to work with teams, um, learned a lot about discipline, and uh, my wife enjoys this. Um, I became a master at the art of making a bed. Um, and so, for those of you that know what I'm talking about, bounce a quarter off the sheets. Thank you for your service to our country. Um, love you guys. <clears throat> and so after all of the training, after all of the um, becoming a soldier, after enlistment, the final thing is a review before the commander where we as soldiers get to show ourselves approved to the commander. And now think for a minute, as a believer, we give our lives to Jesus. And at that moment, we're justified. At that moment, we give our life to Christ. Genuinely, we're justified. And then after, we get to serve the Lord with our entire hearts and to show ourselves to the Lord for approval. Post giving your life to Jesus. Just like I was a soldier, I really had no training, I had to be trained. And just like a believer, give your life to Christ, and then it's a lifelong process that begins becoming a follower of the Lord as we show ourselves approved to King Jesus. Would you pray with me in your hearts this morning? Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the Bible. Thank you for the many lessons that are in it that we can use to apply to our life today. And God, in and of myself, I know the only thing that I can offer is you. And so I pray for an overflowing of your Holy Spirit that you would begin, if you've already begun that, thank you, but begin tugging on the hearts of people in here today, challenging them like you've challenged me when I prepared this message. Challenge for change. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so 2 Timothy, the second chapter, really is a good map that we can use for the patterns on how we should live our lives as children of God approved to the Lord. A little bit of history written by Paul the Apostle um, during his imprisonment in Rome, roughly 67, 68 AD. And this is Paul's final letter. And he writes it to Timothy. And so he's writing this letter. He's near the end of his life before being executed on the Ostian Way west of Rome. 
And so we'll get right into it. Verse one and two. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so right off the bat, be strengthened. You and I need to be strengthened to navigate through all of life's ups and downs. How? Jesus time. That's how. We spend time with the Lord and he equips us with what we need to get through all that life throws at us. The, the verse then talks about grace and here we have the unmerited or undeserved favor of God towards us that we find in Jesus. The assistance, the gift of assistance that comes from the Lord. Our, our, our first point this morning, if you look at the screens, we all need someone in our lives to encourage us and to remind us of the amazing grace that we receive from Jesus. You know, over 25 times, Paul tells Timothy, be strengthened. It is critical in our life that we have someone in our life to push us. An accountability partner, family, friends. Folks, a really great way is through your Calvary group. You're in a group with other believers doing life together. If you're not in a Calvary group, join a Calvary group. You got great people that you'll meet, you'll do life with. They'll be there to encourage you through all life's ups and downs. And sometimes, let's be honest, life can be a little challenging, right? The ups and downs. And so there's some strengthening truths that I remind myself and I think that we all get to. Those of us who've put our faith and trust in Jesus, we can say, I am a child of God. Isn't that great? I have the love and favor of God even though I do not deserve it. Grace, grace. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, nine through 10, and so Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, this is an approved mentality. Content with your weaknesses, insults, and hardships. It's funny, it doesn't sound like Paul was really living his best life now. It sounds what life can truly be like, ups and downs. But you know what? The way in which you and I respond is what separates us from the world. And I just want you to check in right now in your hearts, you and the Lord, how do you respond to your calamities? Are you content? The verse continues on, um, the second verse there, and it says, spread the word. Take what you learn and pass it on to others, the model of multiplication. You see in your Calvary group, you get together and you get into the word, whether it's after Pastor Mike's message, you're in a sermon-based and you process it together or you're in a topical and you go through that issue together and then you grow and then you go. 
and you go launch your own group and then you have people that come and then you disciple them and then they are discipled, therefore they disciple others, multiplication. You see, there's priority in that. It's our duty to share God's word to others. Not our words, not our theories, but biblical truth. And we should all be trained to serve the kingdom of God. And notice it says faithful men, right? And so we know we can apply that both ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't say the best looking. It doesn't say the one who can bench press the most weight. Doesn't say the most intelligent or easygoing or most liked. Doesn't even say theologian. It says faithful. Are you faithful with your time with King Jesus? You know, it's more than Sunday. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We need to be spending time with the Lord every day. We're gonna move on here, verse three and four. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Share in suffering. Share in suffering. It's not a request, not a suggestion. It's something we're gonna go through. Soldiers endure suffering, and so we must expect to endure some form of suffering in our lives. No good soldier gives up because of suffering or hardship. I couldn't imagine when I was in Iraq if I was, if I was to go, man, I don't feel like going to war today. It's too hot. <laughs> We're gonna go through ups and downs in life. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. You wanna know how you can accomplish much for Jesus? Deny yourself. Paul is exhorting Timothy, he's saying, be a good soldier. Our second point this morning, we need to be a good soldier, approved for Jesus. Be the bravest of the brave and the boldest of the bold. Give it your all. We have to willingly detach ourselves from things of the world. You know, as a soldier, you have to give, mu give up much, like your family time, your independence, and your self-will. I personally was away from home for 10 years. I missed birthdays, I missed holidays, I missed births, I missed, I missed deaths. But for a great, great cause. Many of you in the room who served, you understand. You know what's, what's really cool? Is that not only is God our friend, our father, but he's also our commanding officer. We owe total obedience to him. You know, more than likely at this point, Paul is chained to a Roman soldier when he's writing this. And so he's watching how these soldiers are interacting with their commanding generals. Paul knew, hey, that's how Christians should act towards the Lord. I remember when the superior officer would walk into the room no matter what it is that anyone was doing, we would immediately stop, stand up, put our hands to our side, stand up, and say nothing. We would wait until we were addressed before we would speak. And don't get me wrong. 
The Lord loves us. But isn't he also worthy of respect and reverence? And so is this how you act towards the Lord? Paul's telling Timothy, be like the soldier. Don't get wrapped up in what the world's getting wrapped up in. Moving along in verse five, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. One cool thing in preparing this message, I realized Paul definitely, definitely used things that were around him. Um, I would assume he liked sports. Um, he mentions track and field and boxing in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and also wrestling, Ephesians 6. You know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So he used this as an opportunity to teach again because when you're competing, you cannot make up the rules. And so Paul's using athletes to teach us how to live our Christian life. We'll come back to that in a second. Verse six, it is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of his crops. Farming is hard work. Paul is telling Timothy, have the attitude of the farmer. You know, as believers, you and I, we get to work hard for the Lord. You know, it's interesting in culture today, we see the attitude of expecting something for doing nothing. We don't, have, we don't do that as believers. We can get measurable results based off how much we put into it. Little effort equals little results. Think about it. No time with Jesus equals no transformation. We get to work hard for the Lord. I like to say all for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. It's because of the grace of God, not in vain, not for nothing, that I will work harder than the rest, not to be approved by man, but to honor the Lord for all that he has done. Our third point this morning, we need to make being in God's presence a priority. As a husband, as a daddy, as a pastor, I need to partake of the crops first before I feed others. This is a principle for all of us. We need our time with Jesus first. The Lord spoke to my heart during this message. Convicted, directed, loved. How important it is that we escape into God's presence. He spoke to my heart so much and I know that if you do the same in your pursuit of God, he will do the same for you. So good. Verse seven, think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. All right, so I mentioned earlier, we come back to it. And so Paul's saying, think over what I said. So he's saying, basically let's, by nature of review, um, we're gonna do that together right now. We have the soldier, we have the athlete, and we have the farmer. And you know all of them need great perseverance in order to exceed. Now imagine this for a moment. All of us, right after church, we're getting on a plane and we're going over to Iraq. And uh, we're all geared up and we're gonna go to the fight. And then halfway to our objective, we all quit. Who's gonna win? 
the enemy. Pastor Will's gonna grab a big banner and, and, and he's gonna go to one end of the parking lot and then, and then all of us are gonna go out and we're gonna sprint from one side of the parking lot over to Pastor Will. And right as we get to Pastor Will, we're just gonna stop. Right before the finish line. We're not gonna win. Or we're all gonna get on a plane right after service. We're flying over to Haiti. We're gonna go to GVCM to the farm. We're gonna prepare the ground. We're gonna, we're gonna begin the process of growing, but we're not gonna put any seed. There will be no harvest. I like that. Seek God for understanding and he'll provide it for you. Like we just did as we reviewed the three things, the farmer, the soldier, the athlete, there's so much to learn from them. Moving along in verse eight, remember Christ Jesus risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel. Paul says, remember. Remember Jesus the Messiah to keep him at the front of all of your messages. He's telling Timothy, keep Jesus in the front of your messages. Jesus raised from the dead shows you and I the authenticity of our Lord. His death on the cross, the payment for our sin, and then his resurrection shows us that God received this payment in full. That Jesus was fully God and fully man that he was the seed of David, which shows how he was fully man, and then being raised from the dead shows how he was fully God. Now my gospel, as Paul says, Paul's gospel in the sense that he preached it and he fully believed it. And we can do the same. We can preach it and fully believe it. Gospel means good news. It does not mean more money. Doesn't mean best life now doesn't mean social status, but a real relationship with God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross so that you and I can become his disciple. We're gonna move on to verse nine. For which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. I keep hearing this theme, suffer. The good news did not bring the best experience at that moment. It brought challenges. It brought suffering, but it brought an adventure. You know, around the time this was written, Nero reportedly set a fire that destroyed much of Rome, and then he blamed the Christians, and many of them were arrested. In Israel, there's an ancient city called Bet Shean. There's a Colosseum like this one. Not the same one, but in the ancient city, just like that, where almost certainly Christians were eaten by animals. Doesn't sound like they were living their best life then. As a true disciple, we must be willing to suffer. Listen, listen I'm not saying doom and gloom, but I truly have a responsibility to equip and teach you as one of your pastors. It can be tough, but not always. Let's, let's be honest, folks. What I'm doing right now over in the East would be a problem. I'm not talking about the East Coast. We have this freedom to get up here and talk to you about the love of God. And there are people that are hiding underneath secure areas because they'll be killed if they mention the name Jesus. 
Doesn't sound like they're living their best life over there either. You know, Paul knew he could be chained, but he knew that the word of God could not. Can anyone tell me the number one, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, number one best-selling book of all time? The Bible. Can somebody tell me the number one most sought after to be destroyed book in history? The Bible. The Bible has been attacked more than any other book throughout history, burned, banned, mocked, twisted, and ignored. But listen to Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse eight. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen. Amen to that. David Guzik wrote this, no government, no religious authorities, no skeptics, no scientists, no philosophers, no book burners have ever been able to stop the work of the word of God. Yet if there is any sense in which the word is bound, it is bound when it is abandoned by its very friends. When pulpits sound more like self-help books than those who proclaim God's word, when scripture is used sparingly like a spice in a message, instead of being the core of it, pastors themselves put a chain around the Bible. You know, I'm grateful that we're at a Bible teaching church. We're moving on to verse 10. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And so the elect here, Paul is speaking to the believers in Christ, and then also those who will eventually put their trust in Christ. Obtain the salvation. You see, it begins at salvation. And then you become a lifelong follower of Jesus. Growing in our walk with Jesus is critical this side of eternity. Uh, an example, I'm currently obtaining, a keyword obtaining, my bachelor's of science in religion. I am a student, and I am in the process of obtaining my degree. You and I are in the process of obtaining our eternal glory. We should be active in our pursuit of Jesus. Verse 11 through 13 The saying is trustworthy. If we've died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. And so here Paul is quoting an early Christian hymn. And so the Bible speaks of dying um, with Jesus in two ways. The first way is believer's baptism. We're buried in the likeness of his death. We're raised in the newness of life. And let's just park there for a second. Speaking of baptism, the 9th and 10th of March, we are having a baptism. And so if you have not been baptized since you have put your trust and faith in Jesus, go to calvarypsl.com and sign up today. Um, click on next steps and register The second way is martyrdom. You see, if we die with him, we will live with him. Of course, Paul, he fully understood this. He's awaiting his own execution. But he knew where he was headed. If we endure, we will reign with him. Endure defined as to be patient, to hold out, to undergo, to tolerate, to allow, to bear. Again, Sounds like life can at times be tough for a believer. Matthew 10, 33. 
Whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. And so the song is a reminder of those who deny Jesus will also be denied. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Faithless men have and continue to turn people off of the Lord. They forget about the power. You and I have access to the power. God can empower us to be faithful. I walked away from the Lord in 1998. Mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Finally, I looked in the mirror and I found the one who was responsible. And then by God's grace, 2013, he was faithful when I was faithless. Listen, maybe today, maybe you're wavering in your faith. Maybe right now the spirit of God is knocking on your heart. Maybe he's drawing you back. God is faithful and he's waiting for you to return. I, I love a good prodigal story. Verse 14, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Uh, David Guzik said we can get distracted by endless discussion or strife over things that don't have central importance. Listen, stay focused on the Lord. Don't get wrapped up in the nonsense. Paul is reminding Timothy to remind his congregation of these things also, and today I'm doing the same. Please remember the gospel. Jesus, fully God, fully man, came and died for the sins of the world, that he was buried and three days later he rose again and he reappeared. Keep the main thing, the main thing, the gospel, the authentic gospel. Don't get me wrong, as believers, we should have healthy conversations, spirit-filled conversations, especially concerning biblical topics. But you and I should feel safe in asking biblical questions that may be a little confusing. I'll be the first to admit, I'm a student of the word. I got a lot to learn. I'm pretty confident that I will be saying that until heaven. I've got a lot to learn and I'm gonna keep learning. We have to be careful though when we input, insert our opinions and theories it could, it could harm somebody. It could be the ruin of the hearers. We could allow that to supersede the word of God. And here are the main verse of the message today. Verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Remember, we're saved by grace, not by works. It's not about works, but we get to present ourselves approved to God. Just like the day that I enlisted. I was a soldier, but I still needed training. Just like the day maybe you gave your life to Christ. It didn't end there, it begins there. Be diligent, work hard for the Lord. Again, I like to say all for the Lord, not for the approval of man, 
but to God. Our fourth point, we should be striving to present ourselves to prove to God. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Our work will be examined. I don't know about you, but we get to live the rest of our lives in fellowship with God and serve him with our whole hearts. We have to rightly handle or rightly divide the word of truth. And I'm gonna say it again. I'm a student of the word. I don't know it all. But we should be growing in our time in the word. There's some great resources that are out there. I personally use the Ryrie ESV Study Bible. Some great notes on the bottom to help me understand the text. And I also use the Blue Letter Bible, which is an incredible resource that has so many commentaries. Just so much good content in there for us to grow. But I have to tell you, the best resource for interpreting the Bible will always be the Bible. As a pastor, I'm accountable for what I say from this platform. I'm accountable for what I say in my office. I'm accountable everywhere. And so we can easily conclude if there's a right interpretation, then maybe there's also a wrong interpretation. We have to be cautious with that. Let's be honest, perfection in understanding God's word is impossible this side of eternity. But that does not mean that we should not work hard at understanding it. Is it not okay to say some things are a mystery? Verse 16 through 18. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. Avoid anything that takes the focus off of the gospel and God's word. Focus on things that have lasting value. You see the mention there of gangrene, other translations say cancer, and the idea there is that it spreads fast. An example of using the Bible to interpret the Bible, in 1 Timothy, the first chapter, verse 20, it says, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I've handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. And so we see here, Hymenaeus is mentioned as one that Paul handed over to Satan, now in chapter two, verse 18, we see that he is paired with Philetus. They fell off course. They were teaching that we were already in God's millennial kingdom, that the resurrection has already occurred. Folks, we're still here, waiting for the rapture to happen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Wouldn't that be sweet? I tell you what, though, 50% of me is torn. There's still people that don't know the Lord. There's still time, and I really wanna go to heaven. Wouldn't it be sweet? No more pain, no more suffering, to be worshiping the Lord. But there's still people, and we're still here. We should be telling people about God's love. Verse 19. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. You see here, God cannot be shaken. God's firm foundation stands. God has a plan, he has a purpose, he has a strategy, and it will not fail. 
Both quotes here are from Numbers, the 16th chapter. The Lord knows those who are his. And we can read in Romans 8, 16 and know that we are his too. You see, the Spirit himself, now Spirit there, capital S, himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided, here we go again, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. His spirit ministers to our spirit. You can know if you're a child of God. You know if you've given your life to Christ. You know if there's been change. Now depart from iniquity. Do you have the desire to depart from iniquity? I have to admit I'm a sinner. Sometimes I do think, say, and imagine things I shouldn't, and I have to get into God's presence and ask him to, to forgive me and uh, talk to my accountability partner, and I move forward. It really bothers me, though. I really wanna honor the Lord with my life. The bottom line thought here is if you really belong to Jesus and don't truly change, do you really belong to Jesus? I know that there's change in my life. Five years ago, grace, it truly is amazing. I'm not not, not boasting about me, I'm boasting about God, testifying of his power. And he can, he can bring that change in your life too. We're gonna move on to verse 20 and 21. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Again, that great house, the firm foundation that we find in Jesus Cleanse yourselves from dishonorable things. Our last point, show yourselves approved to God for honorable use. These are all actions that we must take on our part. Confess your sins. He is faithful to cleanse us. Prepare yourself for service to the Lord by fellowshipping with God daily. You and I can cleanse ourselves and show ourselves more usable to God, showing ourselves approved. We can be used at our church ministry. There's plenty of areas for us to serve here at this local church. You can be used at your home. You can be used at your place of employment. You can be used at the grocery store. You can be used at Starbucks. But you have to present yourself useful. Opportunity for you to be a vessel of honor. How do we do that? Well, verse 22 and 23, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. Flee. Get away from, don't entertain them, don't buy the lie. 
I'm sure many of you can agree here, the enemy, oh, just one time, it won't hurt. Don't listen to that. Get away from that, flee the passions, pursue the good. You know, it's like a car wash. You clean your car, you get all the dirt off, and once it's clean, you put a really strong coat of wax on it. You prepare it. Don't ask my wife, my truck is dirty, so this illustration, um, is don't, don't judge me on it. I need to wash my car, but you get the idea here. We need to clean up. We can do that. God can help us with that. And we can make ourselves more usable by doing that. As to the point of peace, you and I should do our best to mend bad relationships with other believers. But let's be clear, if it's toxic, it's a no-brainer. Move forward. Make sure there's no bitterness in your heart. Forgive and, and move forward. But if it's not toxic, then you need to do your best to mend those relationships with other believers. You don't want your service to the Lord to be hindered. And it's up to you, I highly recommend it, but why in the world would we not want to avoid endless disputes and arguments? I don't like those. Verse 24 through 26, the last portion here. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And so here we have it. We need to be kind to everyone. You know, greatness is marked by being a servant of the Lord. Being filled with the Spirit will naturally produce the fruit of the Spirit. And so Paul is telling Timothy some basic characteristics in being a godly pastor, and I am confident that this is applicable for all of us. Don't pick fights, don't look for problems. Be able to teach and teachable. Be patient. Sometimes the work of the Lord takes time. Here's a really good one. Confront others with humility. When you confront somebody with humility, you may find your solution. And we all know that a work of God has to happen in the heart of an unbeliever before he can repent. And so repentance flows after one comes to their, sense, uh, to their senses. Anyone in opposition to God's work, aware or unaware, are bound in satanic deception and contributing to the work of the enemy. God is ready to set them free. To live a life approved of God, here it is. We need to empty ourselves, clean up, be available for God, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we don't, we can find ourselves captive to the work of the enemy in one sense or another. And so I started off by telling you, I enlisted. And that day I swore in and I became a soldier. I hadn't gone through any training yet, but I was a soldier. And so we give our life to Christ and we're saved. Genuine repentance, faith, grace, Christ. 
And then we get to live our lives fully committed to the Lord. And so maybe, I won't, I won't prolong this, maybe today you're like, oh man, uh, maybe at that first part you've drifted away and you're like, I need to get back. I need to, I need to make it right with the Lord. Um, you know, Pastor Matt, I slipped up and, and I need to make it right today. Um, or perhaps you've never given your life to Jesus and you're new to this whole church thing. It's your first time here. You're like, what, what is this all about? Well, I can promise you if you give your life to Jesus, he can promise you eternal life. And so for two groups of people, if you wanna give your life to Christ or if you wanna come back to Christ, um, I'm not gonna have you come up. I'm just gonna ask you to stand and I'll pray for you. If there's anyone in the house that would like to give their life to Christ or come back to Christ. Awesome. Awesome. We get, to, we get to live our life approved to God with the time that we have left. Praise God for, for the two of you. Can we, can we just thank the Lord for that decision? You can could, you could be seated. Hey, listen, it's not works-based salvation. It's we get to work. We get to honor the Lord with our lives this side of eternity. Um, for those of you who stood up to give your life to Christ or to come back, right here after service, come, come, don't leave. Come right up here, pretty please, with sugar on top and um, let one of the elders or pastors pray with you. I love you guys. Show yourself approved to the Lord. Have a great day. God bless you all.